What is up, ladies and gents? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcast, Rafa Sparza, coming to you with another great installment of The Grappling Hour. And when I say we have a very, very good show, I'm not lying. I want you to take a look at our guests over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get back to them in just a second. But before we talk with these two hooligans, let's get down to business. First and foremost, if you want to support the show, you can check us out on Patreon now. I mean, technically in like two days or so. But we're about to make the move on over to Patreon. We have another place. I like them just fine. Nothing's going to change on that. But we're going to try out Patreon for a little bit. And I'm excited to see you guys there. You'll find us at Grappling Hour. What do you get on Patreon? Five bucks a month. You see these interviews 30 days before anybody else. And for a few extra bucks, you can see extra bonus content not available anywhere else, including tape studies with the athletes about their matches. You can see extra bonus episodes or what we call mini-sodes about important topics like steroids or athletes that athletes respected the most who they competed against, among other topics that you yourself can pitch to me. And you can also see a segment called Roast Raf, where people roast my competition footage, which I think has a high premium because, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm getting made fun of for money. So I think that's really what this boils down to. So... Pay the monies and you can see it. You can also support us by what? Oh my God. Is this a new grappling hour t-shirt? You can buy this over at rafasparza.com backslash merch or going over to grapplinghour.com. Now these run 25 bucks a month or 25. Bu- oh God. Oh God. Oh. We're charging a subscription rate for t-shirts. That's how you can tell it's too early here. 25 bucks, one time payment, or you can get our new hoodie. This is 45 bucks, not per month, just one time payment. And you can get a combo of the two for 60 bucks over at rafasbarza.com backslash merch. That would be so great. You know, that's the racket I got to run next. Just a subscription based. You get something in a box. I hear people do that in jujitsu. Just like, here's some shit. Here's an eraser I found in my, my backyard. There you go. All right. Last couple things. Like, comment, subscribe. If you don't know something you want to comment or like about this video, I will give you a prompt toward the end. And of course, you can join our Discord to join the conversations that we have here and continue that going. All right. Our guests today. Well, they had a big announcement yesterday. So they've been making the rounds. They they joined with some of, you know, another hooligan show. I don't really know them very well. Tim from Inside BJJ. They were helping out a charitable podcast yesterday. But they're here to make the big announcement with us, which is that their tournament, the winning team is going to get a hundred thousand dollars where many years ago i said we couldn't brush up a hundred thousand dollars in the sport but lo and behold between them our good friend star lord josh leduc we are seeing a true turnaround in jiu-jitsu practices but this is monumental because they are the premier league if not the only league in all of jiu-jitsu so we had to talk to the source material themselves we had to talk to our good friends brandon mccatherine and keenan neuer otherwise known as bmac and keelan how are you guys doing today what's up ralph oh you wait you can't bring graphics to my show i didn't even press I didn't that mean to. i didn't mean to <laughs> boomer why are there balloons happening on my show <laughs> you know what it is it's the reverse uh, I've now realized why the Joker was so mad. You know, when he starts being like, he cut my balloon. I'm like, well, now it's the inverted. They brought balloons to my shit. Well, thank you very much for that, Keelan. I can see you 
changing and sparking the wheels here. Gentlemen, how does it feel to make jiu-jitsu history? Pretty weird. (laughs) (laughs) But my head's spinning. It's it's all been crazy. The last couple of months have been insane, man. Just we've been sitting on this information for about three months, you know, and I've just been like dying (laughs) to tell people. Have you slipped up and accidentally told people? Because I know you, BMAC, you're very, uh, you're honest and and very, very honest. And you have what I call the opposite of a good poker face sometimes. Like in jiu-jitsu, it's very good. But like if I'm playing poker, you might just tell me what you have and be like, God, I hope you don't get mad. I do have a straight flush. Is that okay? And I'd be like, yeah, it's actually the best. You're going to win right now. So... Did you accidentally at any given time slip up and accidentally tell somebody? No, I didn't slip up and accidentally tell anybody, but I did go, okay, listen, you just can't say anything, but I got to tell somebody this. <laughs> there was a little of that. He has his outlet in the PGF Insiders where he gets to leak a bit of the information ahead of time. You know what's great? I love that you guys do that because it's a throwback to my days as a young kid watching, whenever they'd say the WWF hotline, there'd be Mean Gene, and he'd tell you to call a certain number. And I was like, dude, my parents will never give me the money to call that. (laughs) But you always wanted to know what they were saying to the people. So now you're leaking it, and you see Handsome Kevin on that shit, and you look over and you go, dude, this dude's on the cover of it. Like, you guys have a full-on, like... Not just a league, but an actual like media landscape to go with it. Yeah, well, we built it that way from the very start. <laughs> you know, the whole idea for the PGF was that we wanted to emulate the things that we see working in real sports. You know what I mean? Like there's sports media, there's a draft, there's a combine, there's a preseason, regular season, postseason. We wanted to just try to lay down the infrastructure like that and then build the game and build the seriousness of it as we built experience. But yeah, the idea is that we're, we're making a league. We're really doing this. So yeah. Keelan, I wanted to know this because you and I have had the opportunity to get to know each other through working uh, behind the scenes at subversive. And I thought you were great. And I was just like, man, what an asset BMAC has in you so when did you kind of come into the fold? Like, when did you take hold? Were you there from day one? Or, or where do you kind of intertwine on, on taking this lead role as part of the PGF? With the PGF, I was definitely there from day one. Um, I think it all started, like, whenever we really tried to make Brandon a YouTube channel. Is kind of when it all started. And that journey started, I guess, when I was a blue belt. But one day around when was it i guess four years ago now we just sat at his kitchen table with a bunch of pieces of notebook paper and wrote out the idea for the pgf and started from there and my role has always been taking that idea and making it a reality and um my favorite part of this whole journey is like telling the stories right like making these videos and so with the pgf the opportunity to tell stories is like ingrained in the product 
that's that's one of the best parts about the whole development over the course of a season rather than just like one evening of grappling so it's it's been fun and i'm glad that people are starting to enjoy it so it's cool well i mean you guys have built up such a nice thing uh from get-go so one of the first things that i recognized when i saw the first season of pgf which was there's bones here there's like an actual thing that you can feel that is completely different than everybody else and that i was excited for bmac because i thought this was the fruition of more than just hey i want to do youtube hey i want to be an instructor hey i want to own my own gym it's kind of like it's its own island of creativity where you can take the things you've learned from all those other areas, but you get the carte blanche to do what you want in this world. So I was very, very excited. And again, kind of piecing it together by seeing what you do behind the scenes and then knowing like, oh, yeah, this is what you must be doing for PGF. And then it starts making more sense to me. And then I started being like, well, I should give less credit to BMAC now. Because that's how it should work, right? Oh, yeah, man. No, no. But I mean, like, you have a wonderful team here, and now... You have expanded that team to two other partners, uh, as I could see from your wonderful photo shoot uh, behind you. Now, the thing, can I give some feedback here? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The thing that uh, that photo says to me is that you guys are either the lead of the PGF, a professional grappling league, or you guys were about to have a home renovation show on the TLC channel. <laughs> Because when I saw that, I thought, I should let these people redo my place. Like, as soon as you walked in, I was like, yep, he's the one that does the interiors. She's got this. He does that. He's the construction guy, obviously. So once I pieced that together, I was like, I don't know. But I will tell you this. Y'all looked super powerful in that photo. Dude, it's the coolest band pick ever. It really <laughs> it looks is. like a movie poster. I love it. It makes me feel cool. I know in my heart, I know what's actually going on that I'm not cool. But when I see that, I'm like, I can trick myself into thinking I'm cool, you know? <laughs> no, no, I, I think you've actually made your way to the cool. It, it, it's a backroads channel. We don't always think that's the way it is. Any of us who's ever grown up as a nerd is like, I don't think they're going to, they're going to fish me out pretty soon. But that's a cool looking photo. And more importantly, when you look at it, to me, I'm also thinking to myself, like, this is a great way to announce you guys look super cool. The end result was great because we saw you kind of put up teases on your Instagram of you guys doing the photo shoot. And I was a little worried because I saw Keelan getting into what I like to refer uh, character, if you would, where he's behind the scenes. And I swear to God, did you take your glasses off and do one of these? Like, And I go, don't do that. <laughs> like, I wanted to tell you, even though it was already past the time, I wanted to put on the thing, like, do not do that under no circumstances make that photographer waste photos doing one of <laughs> these photos. So I'm glad we were able to kind of get through that. Tell me I a little bit about this. Some, How did I you guys photo like that to you? If you're interested. Oh, there is a photo that ended up like that. I mean, it, it's possible. It's possible. There could be something like that out there. It's not possible. <laughs> I just want to point something out. I did that pose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always like to point this out, that most of my jokes are grounded in some element of truth, even though whenever people are like, oh, you're making that up, I'm like, no, I, I saw it. I know what <laughs> I saw. I'm not fully making that joke up for the sake of getting a, jo a joke out. Let me ask this. How did you guys all pair together? Because obviously you're part of one team. 
but then you start acquiring new partners. How did that come together? I mean, pretty organically, honestly. Um, We didn't have to really try to build the relationship. It kind of just kind of formed on its own. Zoltan and Heather are both really cool and it's easy to hang out with them, let alone like do this whole business thing. Um, During the week of season five is really when it started. After the draft and the first day, Zoe was pretty invested. I mean, he was having such a great time with Team Epic Roll that he knew that this was a really good jujitsu tournament or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's been a part of a bunch of bad ones, as we all have on the way up, and this one felt cool and different. So he, during the week of season five, you know, we were all hanging out, and as the relationship formed, by the end of the week, it was kind of like, all right, we're going to do this. And then through a couple meetings in Las Vegas at his residence, we definitely have formed friendships and it's been honestly just fun doing this. It feels like, like at first me and Brandon, it was just like two friends doing the PGF thing, trying to make something cool. And now that we've added Zoe and Heather, it doesn't feel like any more corporate. It just feels like four friends doing something cool now. So it's, it's been cool. I think sometimes it does help when you have uh, somebody who has experience in the realm, but also has the cool moniker of being like, well, I'm in a band, so we're already kind of cool. Like, we do cool shit on the side already, but this is good. Like, something that you add on top, like a cherry on top. Yeah, man, they bring so much experience to the table. When you talk about his experience with Five Finger Death Punch, like, he understands already how to run a promo, how to run a marketing campaign, how to push something out to the masses. And he's an entrepreneur, man. He's involved in a lot of different businesses and a lot of different fields. And so he already understands a lot about how to take a business and structure it so that it's profitable and structure it so that it's a good long-term business that's going to turn around and benefit everybody. And we've just gained so much like to the leadership team from bringing him and Heather on board. It's been a, I mean, it's just been a blessing, man. Well, I love this and I want to go ahead and acknowledge a couple things. We did get a couple little notes here. The first was a uh, million dollar Keelan, which, yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know that I could fully sign off on that. I've met Ted DiBiase before and I don't know that I see that here. And if it's a million dollar baby-esque, then I don't want that to happen to you either. So I'm I'm making sure that we're going to keep you okay, sir. Let me tell you about million dollar Keelan, dude. So after we we signed the papers, (laughs) so okay, look, speak Alabama, redneck Texas migrates to Alabama. (laughs) All right, we're we're pretty low-key dudes. So... We're going to go into business with a rock star and a Gracie, okay? (laughs) And we get all the papers signed, and we come back to the office the next day, and I walk in, and Keelan is already here. And I pop the door open, and he's in full three-piece suit, sunglasses on, (laughs) chain out. He's got his feet kicked up on my desk, and I open the door, and (laughs) I was like, what is this? He goes, 
this is million dollar Keelan. It's a new day. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but you know, yesterday some... he was in sweatpants, so I was calling him $11 Keelan yesterday. <laughs> it's just Kmart Keelan doesn't quite have the same ring to it. But, you know, I love <laughs> this idea, which is it's big man moves for a couple reasons. One, you're uh, dressed up to the T's, which, by the way, I didn't know you guys would look so great in a suit. So compliments to you guys. It's what I've been trying to do hey, for you, years and class it up this joint. You already knew I looked good in a suit. Come on. You know, you have definitely stepped up the game because when you are doing your commentary gigs, you have put the suit on. And I'm I'm of one of two areas. You okay. either get me as sweatpants, Raph. Like, I'm not getting dressed up. I just showed up. Here's a t-shirt. Or you get me classy AF. Like, there's no in-between. I don't know business casual. It's literally me walking in in sweats and being like, I'm not going to try. I'm trash. Or, whoa. Sorry, this is a perfectly tied knot. I've won championships in the suit. I'm good. Thank you, guys. So that, that's the two regions here. But it's the big man move of feet up on the table. Like, if he didn't have coasters on that table, too, that's how you know it's mad disrespectful right now. On my desk, dude. On my exactly. own desk. <laughs> so obviously that's a good thing. And I do love that apparently, as per our insider here, Million Dollar Keelan has a voicemail now. I don't even know what that means. Well, I, I guess you have to get the PGF Insider to find out. This is the stuff that you pay for, guys. Uh, speaking of which, Egghead Warrior says the insiders get info in advance. And I think that's in reference to us talking about all those different avenues that you guys have, including the PGF Insider magazine. Which, by the way, I am astounded because as a writer, I've always thought about doing some kind of magazine or something i worked for jits magazine for a while and then i was like this is too much work uh no i'm not doing that so the fact that you have people who are that intrigued and that part of your vision that they want to see it come to fruition that's great man well those guys have been a huge part of the success of the pgf a lot of it really has been just because we got that core group excited in season one and we gave them something to actually, you know, we started during the pandemic in 2020, you know, and so there was no jujitsu happening. And so we were just trying to put together something that we thought could be fun for everybody. And everybody, not everybody, obviously, but those guys in particular really bought in and invested in it. And because, you know, we had the fantasy league and we had the weekly recurring show every week, it was something that they could keep coming back to. And they saw what we were trying to do right away, which was we were trying to have sports with this, not a one night tournament, not another super fight card. We wanted to have sports and sports comes with a whole lot of extra stuff than regular jujitsu does. Like we need stats, we need blogs, we need drafts, we need projections. We need guys that nerd out and do their mock draft. And they've been on board for that since day one. And, a lot of what we've been able to accomplish really would have never come to fruition without them. That's what's up. I do want to start kind of getting toward this idea of what can we expect? Because we've seen what we've seen. We want to know where we're going, but I'm sure there's only so much we can say right now. So I'd like to get an idea. Just give me a general overview about 
what the difference is going to be from maybe the past five seasons or the previous season to the presentation that we are looking forward to that is coming up in, I believe it is April. Well, I, th I think the main thing that you're going to see as far as like view, uh, the viewer product, that's what you're referring to, is that you're going to see just a huge step up in the venue, the lighting, the video. And Keelan can speak to all this. That's exactly the job that he performs for the team. But the production level is going to be in a completely different place. We're doing it there in Vegas. The venue that we have is just unbelievable. And then the way that we're going to deck out the venue is going to be really special and, and really unique to our promotion. But I'll let Keelan talk about that more. Yeah, I mean, for those that have been watching in the previous seasons, I mean, we started in, in his gym at 10th Planet Decatur's. With know, iPhones. With, on iPhones. So going into the venue that we used like in season five was a big step up, but it still wasn't built to – put on a show this venue that we're going to in season six is built specifically for that is to put on shows not just like live events like this but like hollywood movies and stuff are filmed there so this event venue is perfect for filming um the lighting should is going to be way better the cameras are going to be way better the lenses are better everything's just improving on all levels to be honest more team resources better tools and equipment everything's going to improve as far as that goes and then just the vibe in the room is going to be different uh jujitsu all jujitsu events have trouble selling out a venue getting packing the the seats with thousands of people right like adcc is the only one that's going to do that right and so we're not trying to do that this is invite only we're not selling tickets to this thing there's not going to be chairs sitting around the event. There's going to be lounges and, and like nice couches and places to hang out and stuff. Like it's going to be a, a different vibe than we've seen before. We've been telling people like, you should think like, a like underground fight club, like speakeasy kind of like a luxury formal attire invitation only no way to buy a ticket to watch. That's very cool. Wow. I was, Looking at that uh, initial uh, photo that you guys put in, and there was two sumo wrestlers, and then it's <laughs> surrounded by it. And I got the vibe of it. I like the upscaledness. But then I started thinking, I was like, wait, what's the weight class now? Because I don't know if that's representative of the gentleman that will be in it, or maybe it is. I don't know. But if that's the biggest curveball you're throwing, consider me surprised. <laughs> 175 pounds <laughs> having said that it, it was just it was to give the idea like hey look this is kind of what we're looking at and when I got that I said okay people in suits a little bit more formal and as a result talk about being something entirely different because even when I am going to like ADCC you know, nobody's getting dressed up to the nines to go to that. We're all pretty much in our jiu-jitsu wear, and that's basically the pinnacle of our sport. So if you create an entirely different experience, that could be something that is very, very much needed in our sport. So that that is very cool to hear. And I want to go ahead and I saw somebody put up here, uh, they said Fight Club in the comment section, which, you know, we, we want people to talk about it, so it runs a risk here. Not quite <laughs> sure. If there was any apt... 
uh, movie comparison, I thought it was actually going to be closer to like uh, Django Unchained, where I was like, well, listen, let me go get two. Hey, listen, I'm just saying there's a lot of suits in that one and people watching people fight, but I don't think there's any <laughs> other implications underneath that. But again, that's why we didn't say that metaphor. I want to get to this. As we're we're kind of chatting about this, and I'm thinking more about it, when you talk about that that viewer experience, that ability to be there, like, if that's the case, I was curious about the folks over Alabama. Are they bummed? Are they going to miss out? Like, the hardest part for you guys, that, that part, that beat, that origin, that definitely was a huge component of it. And I understand that there are things that you have in Vegas that allow you to expand it and make it bigger. So is it going to feel weird not having that like home base feel going forward? I say maybe slightly, but I think not only us, but the whole crew that started this thing in this small town in Alabama, I think they all see that the PGF is like bigger than all of us, you know, like this is for the sport. So like kind of whatever it takes kind of thing, whether it's in Vegas or wherever the PGF takes us, you know, it's, this is for the sport. And we're bringing the same crew with us too. You know, as far as like people who are working and making the actual thing happen, it's going to be the same crew. To me, that's really important. Like I don't want to hire a bunch of new people. I'll, you know, we'll, we'll hire out where we need to, but it's important to me, like, one of the things I'm most proud of about the PGF is the culture that we've built and like the camaraderie that there is not just amongst the crew, but what we, what we give to the athletes during that week, we give them like a place where they can go and genuinely have the best time that they've ever had. And I want to make sure that we have the same people in place and the same spirit in place so that not only does that continue, but it grows exponentially moving forward. So Egghead comes in here with a comment that says Lionheart High End Fight Club. Now, Egghead, you can't just be throwing out references like that. I don't know that everybody has had the opportunity or the intelligence to see that Jean-Claude Van Damme classic Lionheart. But if they haven't, maybe this is a good time to remind them. And it does say this, and I agree with this. This is from Isaac. He says, a competition and community for the culture. So I do get that. It was just, I get very angry when things leave me. For example, when uh, you have EBI and combat jiu-jitsu that aren't in my area. Not that I don't have enough out here, but when people are like, how come you don't cover EBI and combat jiu-jitsu? You don't like them anymore? And I'm like, they went to Mexico. <laughs> Who's paying for me to go to Mexico? I'm, I'll watch and I'll do a thing, but I, I'm not brought along on that, so... I wish them well. It's not like I dislike them. It's just Mexico be far, y'all. So <laughs> if you're down two freeways, like for Medusa, I was like, oh, I'll be there. No problem. Medusa was 11 minutes away from me, and it was glorious. And uh, it was great to see everybody. And, well, I didn't get to see you, Brandon. I think you were probably too busy. So that was well, I uh, it was too close to Christmas, man. I had to stay with the fam for that one. First one I've ever missed, though. I, and I kind of figured that as much because I had just flown back from Illinois. You know when the days start getting all mixed up. And I had told my wife, I'm like, oh, I'm going to Medusa now. And she's like, is that today? Where are we? What what day is that? I'm like, it's a Thursday. It's just down the street. I'll be back earlier than you think. 
it was a good event. So I definitely know. In the six weeks leading into, into that event, I was in, Keelan and I were in England, Ireland, Spain, Serbia, Las Vegas, and Kazakhstan. Like we were nonstop for six weeks right there. So, and I, and I had to go to Arizona for that combat jujitsu show. So it was just madness. And, and I, I just couldn't pull off missing another day around Christmas. I just, I couldn't do it. Well, I hate I missed it, but it is what it is. I think you also kind of know that any of us who do these kind of gig jobs, it's time away from your loved ones. So it's hard to balance that. You want to make sure that, yeah, obviously you, you go cover and you're very busy and you are traveling a lot, but there are some times that are not touchable. Like those are the times that you get with your family and you got to take it. So I totally get that. Uh, speaking of which, uh, former verbal tap podcaster, Kevin T Phillips writes any truth that they had to move the PGL after Alabamans were angry. Brandon was featured on national public radio. You know, uh, I would uh, answer that, but Kevin did so little research that he doesn't even know the name of the organization. And also he still owes me a song. So I'm not answering that Kevin. Does it, you know I don't remember if we ever did that. I think I have to check the the verbal tap records for that. We he might have actually done it. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and make sure. I'm waiting. I'll check the Still verbal wait, tap records. Waiting a, long, waiting a long time, Kev. Well, you and me both uh, for a lot of things. So you wouldn't be the first uh, to be waiting for things from Kevin. But I would say this: it does feel nice that you guys are able to brandish that and make it. And he goes, oh, yeah, he is reminding me. I thought we did. He said the song was delivered poorly, but delivered. <laughs> so I thought so. I'm like, dude, I know my memory is not that shot. I, I could almost guarantee I remember the episode in which he did it. And I go, is that it? And he goes, yep. And I go, okay, sounds good. <laughs> Gents, when this is coming up, and you obviously were spending time going overseas. What was that trip like? You know, I just love the fact that, you know, we we all know each other from also PGF stuff in addition to our subversive stuff. But I think to myself when I was like, oh, yeah, what's Keelan up to? They go, oh, he's going to be gone for the next uh, six weeks or so. And I was like, Jesus Christ, how? Like, how? where are they going, bro? And I saw that you guys were on this massive tour. So what was that like? And where were you visiting specifically? Yeah, you know, the four countries were Ireland, Spain, England, and Serbia. They were all scheduled way ahead of time, like before season five kicked off. And so the trip was already kind of like planned and people were put in motion already. So it was like after season five, as much as, was going on with the PGF and as much as we wanted to do things there, it's like, we got, I think we're about to go on this European tour. And so we kind of just like mentally set aside the PGF for like a couple weeks and just did the tour. Brandon taught his jujitsu around Europe and yeah, I kind of mentally forgot about the PGF for two weeks there for sure. And then when we got back it like, all got dumped back on us like oh yeah we got to run this organization again previously in all the other five seasons every season that we're like done with 
we can like mentally put it aside because it's like, man, that took so much out of us. We've been doing it just, just barely each season, you know, and it takes a long time to build up the next one. So for this one to be happening so quick and all the things that are happening now with more prize money and more attention and bigger coaches and bigger names on the athletes, it's a, uh, yeah, we had to get back to work quick. We had to, I've already forgotten about Europe. We haven't even, I haven't edited the European tour just because we got dumped right back into PGF right off the plane. So that's, you, you did bring up coaches and I think that's a good transition to starting to get into it because hmm, how do I put this? Eddie, I expect Glover. I expect not because of anything other than I've seen them at our events before in some fashion, either events you put on or I put on, I know in the background, uh, in the was there for the They're last in the one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Galvo and Hodger. Now listen, we barely see Hodger as is. So when you got him out of whatever hibernation, whatever hyperbolic chamber that he does to stay as youthful as he looks like, Whatever it is that you pulled them out of, I was legit like, yo, those are two good pulls. And the reaction I was getting on my side from people who were sending me notes were, yo, that's amazing that they got not just the two of them, but the four of them. Because it's one thing to say like, hey, Eddie, we want to borrow you for some time or hey, Glover, we want to borrow you. But the scheduling to get all four of them alone is problematic. So can you speak a little bit about the process of pulling these four all-stars who are very important to the history and the build that we have had in jiu-jitsu? Well, Hajer Gracie, Heather Gracie is one of our business partners now. And, you know, she's Carlos Gracie's granddaughter. And so she's got a, a lot of vested interest in like, doing her part to build the family legacy and to take the family legacy, the Gracie fight dynasty into the next era. And she sees the PGF as a great opportunity and a great vehicle for her to do that. And of course, with her being in the Gracie family, she's got connections that are not just like, you know, let me see what I can do kind of connections, but like, yo, we're family kind of connections. And so that's how Hajar got into the picture. Andre, Zoe brought to the table. Um, Jeff came to the table through Zoe. I brought Eddie to the table. And once, once they all knew that they were like, these are the four guys that we're targeting, everybody said, I mean, it was just, honestly, it was easy to get everybody. They all just said, yes, that sounds incredible. And the idea of what, it, of what the PGF is, it's an easy sell if I get a chance to talk to you about it, it's easy to say yes to it because it does feel creative. It does feel innovative. It does feel like nothing else like this is happening. And so once we, once we just get in front of these guys and speak with them, it, it's an easy sell. I mean, Brandon, you've definitely taken this lead from being formally jujitsu's biggest cheerleader to jujitsu's biggest analyst to jujitsu's biggest uh, league commissioner. Like it is uh, a wonderful trajectory to see it uh, from my eyes. And when I see you putting these names together, you're right. 
it, it is hard to tell you no because of how passionate you are on this in terms of you have a vision, you know exactly where you want it to go, and the problems being what the problems are aren't enough to either dissuade you or to tell someone that you can't solve them. You know, one thing that I really want to put Keelan over is, is when he was talking about his future ideas of how he wanted to put things together, he was sketching out how he wanted the lights to look. And I kid you not, it is something that I seen that is a difference maker between those who want to do things in jiu-jitsu and those who are visualizing it and can kind of communicate that to people. And I just thought that was such a great little thing that I was looking at how you were mapping it out and the logistics and on top of what you know about your electronics and, and your uh, camera equipment that I said, okay, now you know you get another strong component to this. It is only a matter of time. But to make this kind of announcement and get that kind of week-long commitment, it does speak to the branding that you have put out there. Now, I want to get to this. You have a lot of people who over the years have made it on that show and that I'm sure are going to be looking for a spot going forward. Some know that they're in there, not going to name names, Jabroni Grappler, but there's also going to be some people who want to get in on it. So there is a qualifier and you have gone the business of saying it is for free, but you've also mentioned that you think those days of just giving invites without qualifying to lower level belts are kind of over. So tell me this, what are you looking for as an athlete who is going to be competing in your tournament? What are the things that speak out to you and what are the characteristics or things that you are looking for the most when you are scouting them out? Well, most importantly, we're looking for people who are fun to watch to the average consumer. You know, like there's plenty of really good jujitsu athletes and people who can win, especially if the rule set, you know, like in an ADCC or a EBI or a IBJJF rule set. There's plenty of people out there that can be winners in a rule set. I want winners, but I want a specific kind of winner. I'm looking for people who are fun to watch and who are going to be like good people to be around for a week. That's really important. We were talking earlier about the culture of the PGF. Like it's, it's not enough for me to come in and put on an event with high level jujitsu. Anybody can do that. Anybody can get some guys, put them in a bracket and put on an event with high level jujitsu. I'm looking to build a culture full of athletes who understand the mission and the mission is ESPN seven year broadcast deal. And in order to do that, we've got to have people who are invested in making it fun to watch and that are fun to be around for a week so that we can all work on this together. Like, yes, they're going to be up against each other, but ultimately we're all on the same team and that's team jujitsu to ESPN. Keelan, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, just to be a little more particular, um, just about your grappling style, we're looking for excitement. We're looking for quick, aggressive. We're looking for, like, the matches that we're putting on are six minutes. Like, you don't have all day to work. And if you don't get a submission, you don't score. So we're not, you know, like, that, that alone tells you that we're looking for a particular kind of grappler and also chokes 
are more points than breaks, leg locks, arm bars, whatever. So we're looking for an aggressive, fast-paced style of jiu-jitsu athlete that likes to get in there and hunts for the neck and wants to kill some dudes. You know, like that's the kind of athlete that we're looking for. I want to ask this as well because I think those are good ideas to kind of put in people's heads. Nope, that's not the one. That's not the one. That's the one. All right, here we so go. Yeah, so was that guy? <laughs> oh, I have no idea. That got weird. But I would say this. When you are putting together those elements, and I'm glad you're able to both kind of qualify that for both the person who's like, all right, what's my jiu-jitsu style? Combined with, well, listen, you want to be worth the time of these very, very high-profile coaches. Like, you want to tell them up front, like, they're all going to have very specific things that they're probably teaching or giving comments on or looking for themselves when they are doing that draft. And uh, now that I'm thinking more and more about it, the element of a draft seems hilarious to me in thinking that you have those four personalities at a castle. So I should ask this. How the fuck did you get a castle? Because I know, you, know, you and I very briefly talked about it, Brandon, but I didn't have enough. I didn't want to ruin your, your flow of thought there. But I definitely was like, this motherfucker got a castle? And I know Vegas pretty well. So I started doing the like thing where I go, is it here? Is it here? Did that motherfucker just take like an old medieval times? Like what? what is this castle you speak of, sir? Um, It's a residence. There's... It's an actual castle, and that's where Zoe lives. And there's a huge foyer in the castle, and that's where we're going to set up and do the draft. It's it's pretty insane. So there's a castle, and then there's a property next door that's also just a beautiful, unbelievable property. They're, they're incredible. And that's the, the property next door is where our new PGF headquarters is. So we're flying out to Vegas, hanging out in the castle, hanging out at PGF headquarters, getting work done. And we just decided that we need to do the draft right here in the castle. Like we were looking for cool venues and then we we're like, wait, this is literally the coolest venue of all time. Let's just do it right here. <laughs> yeah. I think from a logistic standpoint, <laughs> the, 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 transferring of going from days of we're gonna do it at a nice restaurant we'll do it like this we can get this atmosphere why are you going anywhere else if you have a castle so it, it, i'm glad that that thought got its way through because if i had heard that you had gone anywhere other than a castle if i had seen it i would have been like what mm -mm. Mm -mm. no you're gonna trip. you're gonna trip just the visual on the whole event is gonna be so unique you know we've been Season one through three, the entire regular season, we did it here in the gym at 10th Planet Decatur. You know, it's happening in the gym. Overhead fluorescent lights, big blue mat, you know what I mean? And then we would take the finale and we would do it over at the church, which is a big step up from doing it in the gym. And it was a great fit for us at the time. But just the dynamic, that, that's kind of typically what you're going to see with a jiu-jitsu tournament. It's in a gym and then it's in some kind of venue whether it's a church or an old movie theater or a you know a whatever a gymnasium and then the contrast of what we're going to present is it's just going to be 
it's not even going to look like the same kind of thing. Like we're not even going to look like we're doing the same thing. And then I wanted to get this because are the rules going to stay the same or are there going to be modifications to the rules? Because as it was, I thought the rules were pretty solid. You, uh, Keelan, you were mentioning breaks and chokes having different uh, point structures. But I did think that that was a good way of structuring like, hey, it's in your vested interest to try and get submissions within the first minute. You know, it's within your interest to try and play a little bit of point strategy as the, the week goes on. Yeah, a lot has stayed the same. Most of it has stayed the same. And just to touch on that real quick, I think that the main thing about the points with the chokes versus the breaks is like two things. A, your grandmother that might tune in has no idea what that backside 50-50 entry, like, you know, the heel hook, like the leg locks, you know, like it's confusing. But everybody, even your grandma, understands when you – grab a dude's head and you choke him out, you know, it's a, so for one, it plays better for the viewer. And for two, it's more final. We've seen how many competitions where people get their arms or legs popped or broke and don't tap out. And that doesn't happen with the choke. They go unconscious. So it's more final. It should, it's worth more points. So that just to touch on that, but everything's staying the same except for we're adding a couple rules. Um, don't, don't go too deep on the new, on the new thing yet. I'll, I'll, I'll break it to you. I will say it, that it should be on the website, right? Yeah. If they want to find they it. Can, they can go hunt it, but we have done something that I think is going to revolutionize the way that stalling is dealt with in jujitsu. So that's the only real change to the rule set. Everything else is the same. The first and last minute of a PGF match are the most exciting. That's going to stay the same. But any potential for stalling to be a part of your game plan will be removed by our new rules, by our new rule that we're adding in called excessive avoidance. Can I take an idea of what it is? Yeah, sure. Okay. And you just you don't have to say yes or no. Just hear no, me. No, I mean, it's not like a secret. Like you said, it's on the website. But you know, also, talking my, about my viewers thing. don't know how to read. Come on, get the fuck out of here. Well, man. I understand that actually. Okay, that here here's what I want to pitch to you guys. Is it that if you excessively stall, you have to go back to the castle and fight a dragon? No, that's not it. I pitched it. I pitched that. God damn it! I knew it. Okay. Do you have to like? do that off the bridge sort of a thing, like off with his head sort of a thing. Like, what are we looking at here? Because I feel like that's the only way to truly punish people who stall because they will hundred percent look at you and be like, I'm not stalling. And then go right back to stalling. Yeah. Well, they won't, they won't do that in this rule set. We see here, egghead warrior who is chiming in, by the way, egghead warrior is perhaps the best footnote or asterisk you can ask for. Because it's like a real-time thing that's happening that goes, well, actually, and I go, where is this coming from? Okay, in real time, he has given us, ideally, the judge shouldn't be involved in a PGF match. The competitors decide the results. Okay. Good to know. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> Thanks, Egg. I, I, do, I do like that, though, because it is uh, nice to have somebody who has a, a wealth and history of all the information who can bring that at any given point. 
Uh, Irish Taco, which, by the way, hmm, intriguing name, says Big Boys PGF. So, great. I just actually wanted to acknowledge Irish Taco because I think to myself, um, I don't know how that would taste if I were to order on a Taco Tuesday an Irish Taco. So, <laughs> yes, you do mention that a lot of things will mostly stay the same. You do have some stuff that is kind of in the works. It is on the website if people want to get a heads up on those things. So that is very good to note. I know we're so fixated on what we're seeing for this next one. And Brandon, you've kind of previewed it by saying the goal is getting on like an ESPN. I would tell you one thing as a media watcher. I don't even think ESPN knows where they're going to be in three years, my friend. I think ESPN is looking to be their own island very soon and sooner than later because I think they're looking to almost branch off to not even being on cable at some point in the near future. So the media landscape's going to change, but given that, they'll still be around because they make the money. Where are we going? What What is the next steps? Because it, it already seems like this is just part one of a multi-tiered plan that you're going to execute. So where, after this event, are we going with the PGF? Because it's already shown a giant leap from five to six. I'm curious to know where seven, eight, nine, and 10 are going to go. Well, with some of the sponsors that are getting involved with season six and that have shown interest in doing like long-term partnerships with us, we're going to be able to say that season six, that $100,000 team prize is where we're starting. This is where we got to start from. This is as much as we can do right now, but this is not where we're going. This is where we're starting. I can tell you that our plan that we are going to execute is we're going to do one PGF season every quarter. We're going to divide out into four official PGF weight classes. We're going to have a 155-pound division, 175-pound division, which is what we're going to see in season six. We're going to have the 205-pound division, and then we're going to have the heavyweights 206 and over. And each of those weight classes is going to go once each year. So every quarter we'll do a different weight class. There's four weight classes. So once a year you'll see that same weight class, and you'll get to see some of those returning athletes and some of those returning storylines. But ultimately, the level of interest that we're getting in the PGF from the sponsorship side, from the branding side, from the names of people that want to be involved in this, we're going to start at a hundred thousand, but this is not where we're finishing. I promise you that. Good to know. And I'm glad that you're, you're mentioning this from a scheduling aspect. Can I pitch something as well here? Sure. Can we have the big boys go towards the holidays? Cause like they don't need to cut weight. You know what I'm saying? I think that's exactly what's going to happen. God bless. Thank you. I think that's, what's going to work out. So I think this is not set. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to go 205 next, and then we're going to go 155 next, and then we're going to put the big boys back there around Thanksgiving and Christmas. I see this note here from Irish Taco, who is following up and saying, heavyweight class sounds super intense. Uh, yeah, we haven't done the, the heavyweights yet for the PGF. We did have a 225 season in season two, so that would – I guess, qualify as our uh, heavyweight class moving forward, but it was a 225 cap. This will be a 206 and up, so there won't be a cap on it. 
great. The Daily Stack chimes in and says, the dragon is Trent from season three. <laughs> yeah, you got to fight that dragon. <laughs> I've been thinking about this the entire interview, and I kind of want to point it out now. Brandon, it looks like you cloned Gordon, but healthy. Me? <laughs> it looked to <laughs> your, yeah, I mean, look to this. It's been a few times where I was like, this is Gordon, but he's happy. So it's been throwing me off a little bit here uh, between the watch, the beard, the hat. I'm like, no, I mean, Keelan, you could you could stunt double for for him, man. Thanks, man. Put in a good word for me. <laughs> I mean, listen, dude, if we have to Dr. Doom that guy and he has to make appearances, you could make a pretty penny, I'm sure, just by doing one of these and showing up and being like, you guys want to see like the half guard thing? All right. Bye, everybody. Pageant wave and get out of there. <laughs> Absolutely. It's 100% a way to do it. All right, gentlemen, we're going to start circling here. Oh, I see another note. This is from Latin 3354. The room for growth is absolutely there to reach a whole new and present audience that may only think jiu-jitsu is the same as MMA, or when they think grappling, they think wrestling. And I want to point this out. That's a great point because I think the issue I've been having lately, and I think this is a good kind of little discussion point, especially for Brandon, the discussion point I'm having here is the going off the mats, I don't love. Obviously, people love it. But I tell people the reason why I don't love it is I'm like, you know, in wrestling, they don't have that issue going off. And for us, it's a point of pride almost to go off and be like, oh, yeah, I went off the mats. But there's no return for it. And it's usually done at trials where you make no money unless you actually get there. And that's only a ticket to go there. So as a result of that, I think to myself, I'm like, dude, if you're killing yourself, at least get paid some kind of residual, some kind of thing for it by going off the mats. And when people come back to me, they say, well, it's exciting. They love it. I just think it's kind of weird. But when you ask people of their ideal rule set, it seems like sometimes they're asking for wrestling light. And I go, yeah, I get it. We're a whole other different thing. It's it's just if you can find a way to engage them in that core. And that's why I was so uh, hilariously watching Pit Fighter or the Pit version of, of grappling. And I thought, you know what? It looks a little weird, but I think in a way it was like the action stayed there, didn't go off. So I was pleasantly pleased. But my question to you is, what are you saying to those rule sets or to those individuals? Because you guys already have something locked and you, Brandon, are commentating on a number of big events. What have you seen that has incited the most action to stay within the mats? Well, I think the raised platform is an injustice to the athletes and to the fans, too. Even if the, the platform is really large, you naturally don't work at the edge of the mats because you don't want to go off the edge. Unless you're crazy, unless you're Wagner and you're willing to throw somebody into Robin Black's lap. You know what I mean? So I think the race platform is is not the move. Um, I I like the AD, I really like the ADCC rule set. I like that they can continue it off the mats, but I also as a, as the guy running the show, and I've got to keep these guys healthy all week long. Remember, they got to play twelve matches just to qualify for the playoff on Friday. So potentially fifteen matches to the guy who wins the whole thing. I got to keep these guys healthy all week. I got to keep them safe. 
So for me, we're building our sport in a way that prioritizes the safety of the athletes. So we're going to have an out of bounds. Every sport that you've ever watched, basketball, tennis, football, hockey, there's an out of bounds. There's a barrier where the play stops or yeah, I don't quite understand the let's just keep – let's have mats, but let's just keep playing out of them. Look, it's exciting. It's cool. But it's not the way that we're going to do it. I appreciate what ADCC is doing. I mean, I love ADCC. You know that. But that's definitely not the way that we're going to play. Understood. And I don't think it's necessarily something that um... – you necessarily have to correct. It's just as a bystander who looks at these guys as athletes and things. Yeah, dude, long-term, not a great plan. Uh, and also we're very lucky that no individuals have been hurt, let alone audience members. Cause that I think is problematic if that does happen. So and I, I'll be honest with you. I think that's on the way. I, it's just a matter of time before something like that does happen. And, and, uh, it, and I don't, it, don't want to be there when it does. I don't want to you know my true dad gene shows up where I'm like, Oh God, don't hit that person. For the love of God, go the yeah. other way. And there's no sometimes stopping a, a freight train. Like if you're moving, that momentum's going to take you where it's going to take you. So I, I just always caution people to figure that out. And I'm glad that you guys have plans inside for what you've done. But as somebody who's had a front seat to so many major things, I am going to continue asking people how we keep action on the inside, how we keep it motivated. And like you said, coming up with that rule set that rewards early submissions, points for different types of submissions, I think is, is very, very good. Um, well, a lot, of the, a lot of the going off the mats, going off the stage problem happens because guys are moving away from the action or they're playing around the edge looking for an advantage at the edge. You know what I'm saying? So like they're trying to draw you out so that if you do shoot a takedown on them and it goes out of bounds, they can be reset. ADCC said, well, if that happens, we're just going to let it play. You can't get away with it that way. What we, How we chose to address the problem is to structure the game itself so that the incentives are all inside the playing area. So there's no reward that can possibly be gained from playing at the edge of the mats. So all the incentives are going to happen in the middle. And so that's how we're choosing to address it. Absolutely. And as somebody who went through a table at a competition last year and did not get any footage of that, I can tell you, I have one ask, which is as a pro wrestling fan, if I'm going through a table, please get the footage. And instead the dude put on the footage of me looking like I got taken down. I was like, I did not, sir. Please re-edit that footage. That is, you know what? I'm going to sue that guy. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to That's right. my lawyers on that. That's the right move. Um, we're winding up here, but a couple of quick questions. This one, Brandon, last year we had somebody, won't name names, who took a spa day. And it <laughs> had a little bit of, I don't know how I'm supposed to react to this. And it became, he got injured by somebody in the tournament, not just from outside of the tournament. Or the names. The the names. These are, it's good. I'm, you don't know listen, dude. I'm not a salacious reporter. I'm just telling you, I am. dude. Anson okay, well, Kevin took a spa day because Elijah popped his ankle, and so Kevin took the next day off and then let his foot rest for a day and then came back in. 
And so there were subs, alternates, that went in and played in Kevin's spot. A lot of the athletes didn't like that. A lot of them did understand it. Uh, so now that's what happened. What's your What's your inquiry? Dang, that guy's back. He's back. He's a he's a shadowy figure. My question is, what the fuck are we gonna do now? Because if that happens again, now there's more money at stake, and now you know there's got to be a little bit more of a byline. Because I didn't disagree with your idea. I just thought, oh, that's a commissioner question, and God bless you for going. Oh, uh, you know, I'll allow it because it well, was funny. There was no decision to make. That was written into the original rules gotcha. of the PGL before season one. So there really wasn't a decision for me to make. There was just me adhering to the the structure that we already had. So if a coach or an athlete chooses to sit it out, I mean, there's that's why the alternates are there. The prop it, it should dis the athlete should feel disincentivized to do that though because there's no chance for them to gain points. And you saw what happened with Kevin, you know, he, he didn't get the points that he needed to, to move on. And so you can't take it. You can't take days off and expect to score enough to make it into the playoff. I think you bring up the money Raph. I think uh, the team is winning the money, not any individual. And so I think the coach gets the 100K, the winning coach, the winning team, the coach gets the 100K and he pays his athletes. If only five competed, maybe they all get 20. If he used a couple alternates, maybe they have a discussion, you know? Fair enough. We have this thing in, uh, in game shows. It's called Standards and Practices on any show that I've worked on. That we, don't have, what, we don't have that? standards. You have some practices. <laughs> <laughs> but these are the people who show up. And that's why when you mentioned like, ah, don't worry, it's fine. I'm like, literally any game show I've worked on would be like, Raph, can we talk with you? We have a, we have a, a nice little checklist that we're going to, it's like, oh, he's like, oh, Jesus Christ, the fucking standards and practices is here. But their job is to protect you. That's why I ask those things. So that is why I want to make sure that as long as they are written in the bylines and these nerds know it is not within their best interest to do it then we should be good through and through. Um, I also like that as we mentioned him, like a animal in the wild, Jaboni Grappler made his way into the comment section here. So he literally showed up right at the exact moment we were mentioning the situation. <laughs> so it is it is quite impressive to see how those things go. And always uh, <laughs> it just says we're just practicing the dream, which by the way, very excited to see the dream continue to do stuff as you are bringing the team on out that way. Uh, he has been a wonderful asset to you guys as well. Oh so. yeah. In a lot of ways, man, bringing Steven on was one of the, one of the most crucial parts of what we've been up to. Like he really helped by taking on that character for us, that Bobby both of them character. He really helped to start like shape the spirit of the PGF in a lot of ways. So he, to me, he's been, just one of the most valuable assets that we have. That's what's up. Um, gentlemen, I know that we could go on for days and obviously there's gonna be more information dripping out in the near future, but let's go over some important notes and dates right now. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but March 1st, is that the qualifier in Vegas? Yes, that's right. It's free to enter on Smooth Comp. The winner of the qualifier gets an automatic bid into PGF season six, 
But I can tell you for sure that we are also looking, we're going to save a couple of other roster spots and we're going to pull by our selection from the rest of the qualifier participants, a couple of more names. And we're definitely going to be looking to take our alternates from that qualifier. So if you're, and we're going to be looking for Las Vegas locals, people that are there and, and they're ready to be called at a, at the drop of a hat to come and participate and be a part of it in case there's the inevitable injury or the sit out or the pull out or whatever. So we're definitely looking to take a lot of names off of that qualifier list. And listen, already the qualifier, who, who signed up for the qualifier already? Aaron Wilson is in there already. I saw Issa Abel is already in the qualifier. So already people jumping in the qualifier bracket right now is the most stacked qualifier we've ever had. And that's the day after we announced uh, Drew Jitsu had chimed in and said, is Andy Varela on it? Um, here, we'll, we'll play this game. You you ask me and Keelan if Andy Varela or any name you want is in, and then we'll say, I don't know. And then you try to guess if we really do know based okay, on how I like, we do. I like this game. Okay. Is Andy Varela on it? I don't know. What is that? That, that okay? That made me feel bad when you did that look. That was the dad look of like, I mean, you can go out, but you're gonna be grounded. So okay, cool. Um, let me ask this: Is Gordon Ryan on it? Is Gordon Ryan's stunt double Keelan on it? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, we're getting somewhere now. Okay. Well, Gordon obviously is too big. I mean, he might be too small by the time this comes out. It depends. On <laughs> I think oh. he, he balloons back. And don't awe that. He's fine. Uh, you know what? It was weird. We had somebody ask me. They're like, um, this week, they were like, oh, did you see the fact uh, as one of your topics to do this week? Should you do Gordon dying? Isn't that the lead topic? I'm like, I have not heard that he's dying. I, go, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's happening. I just assume he's figuring out his stuff and I hope he's okay. But Jesus Christ. Uh, Drew Jitsu says this game sucks. Well, your question is, <laughs> I guess there's that. I want to go ahead and also ask this because this uh, jumped out at me. Oh, yeah, I actually I have more branding to do. My apologies. April 21st is the beginning of the draft. At that point, you embark on a week long full of stuff. And the actual finale of that week is going to be that Friday, correct? And that Friday is... April the 26th. Is that when you guys are doing the PGF finale this year for season six? That's correct. Wonderful. Okay. So that is a very watch on YouTube. Everything's free to watch on YouTube until the finale, which will either be pay-per-view or it's going to be on one of the two major grappling like uh, apps, I guess is the right word to say platforms yeah. yeah i saw you you put that up and legitimately get the best deal you can so whatever works we should be watching and we should be supporting doesn't matter what it is if it's pay-per-view we'll be there. like it's a really important note that it's free for the week like none of this this is not a hundred thousand dollars and then we're hiding it all behind a paywall like we're gonna put it out here for everybody to watch it's important that we have eyeballs on this thing the nfl's not hiding behind a paywall the NBA is not hiding behind a paywall. And if we want advertisers 
to come in and start putting money into the sport, we can't take it and hide it behind a paywall while all the promoters try to make the money off of it. Like we got to put it out here for people to watch. And so that's what we're going to do. Yeah. The, um, the fact that the whole regular season is free means that anyone can see the results of the team structure. Like we're going to see people get a hundred thousand dollars for free on YouTube. Like that part is done on the regular season, like the regular season finale, which will be free is where the team wins, you know, and gets the money. So the playoffs where the individual continues to be the last man left standing is where it continues on pay-per-view or whatever. And that guy's going to get another $20,000. You know, we haven't been like a hundred thousand just sounds cool, but the prize pot is actually larger. The cash prize pot is actually quite a bit larger than a hundred thousand. Absolutely. And that is great to see. Um, I guess as we kind of go down all that way, you guys can see the trajectory of where this is going. Like I said, it shouldn't matter where we're going. We should be supporting you. We should be there for numbers. And as you mentioned, you know, the football doesn't hide behind that. But from my component as a media guy, looking at you, Brandon, I'm thinking to myself, but the NFL is also diversifying where it's going. It's not all in one channel. So I think that's the best hint I can give you is diversify that bitch and get all the people in on it if you can. And if they want to be the exclusive sponsor, they should be essentially paying for that as the media partner. So I am very pro get your money, figure out the best deal because I feel like that's part of the package as well. Like you want that to be just as high in the presentation as the matches that you are putting on. So um, keep that up. Gents, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys the opportunity to shout out anybody that you want to. There are a lot of people who are helping make this happen. So I want to give you an opportunity to shout out. You know, obviously we do it for teams and all that sort of stuff. But in this particular case, I'd love for you guys to have an opportunity to thank those who have been instrumental in making this process happen for you guys and making your lives easier to make this rollout so seamless and so wonderful in the next few days. So cameras on you guys. I'm not going to give a big list because I know I'll forget someone and then I don't want someone feeling like I didn't think of them. So I'm oh, just going to say them. One just fucking tell people whoever you want to tell them. I'm just going to say one name and that's Isaac, Isaac Stackhouse. He's been in the chat a little bit today on the stream, but he's been crucial and he doesn't get the spotlight or a lot of love. Um, you know, just one of the unsung heroes in the behind the scenes. So shout out to Isaac. Definitely a big part of this whole PGF journey. And I'm going to shout out everybody that's watched and supported since season one. You know, the PGF insiders, Wallow, Egg, The Dream, Chris, all of these guys that have been big backers since season one. Like all of this, pretty much everything we did from seasons one through, through three for sure, it was just a labor of love. It was just people giving their time and giving their energy and it was costing them money to come and be a part of this so that we could turn that, turn the actual money that we were collecting around and give it back to the athletes, uh, including me and Keelan, you know, so I want to give a, a shout out to everybody that sacrificed and sweat for this thing. And I just want to promise to everybody that did that, that it's going to be worth it. All of that's going to be worth it. Well, as we exit out, I would like to say this, Brandon. Uh, thank you. Thank Keelan. I did have a question here. 
So I noticed when somebody asked you a question on who's doing the commentary, you had a team, which is great. And then you said the pre-team will be me. And I go, I am? Because I go, that's very nice. I just had no inclination as to that was happening because that was never yeah. communicated. So wh yeah. what is we that? Made we made plans for you. So here's what I, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> here's what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, this is this is the pre-show. Okay, so you're thinking, um, who does it for the UFC? Karen Bryant sitting there. She's got Rashad Evans on there. Um Chael's on there. Alan Jubon's on there. Okay, we're going to have a three-man setup, and you're going to lead the dance. So you're in the middle, and I'm putting Matt Scaff on the other side, the perfect sports jiu-jitsu analyst. He's addicted to sports, addicted to jiu-jitsu. I'm going to put him on one side, and then I'm going to put your podcasting arch nemesis on the other side of you, Tim Freeman. God damn it, I thought I was through with him. He's back, baby. He's back yeah, I saw it. You know what the worst part is? Is that you asked me what day works best, and I was like, you know what, whatever. And I could have 100% been asshole host and said, no, you give me first. And I didn't say that. I said, let's have the people process so that I can be like them and ask them a question. And then I look on there, and then I see <laughs> you and fucking Tim Freeman having virtual relations and talking oh, no, to was, each other that was in-house i was actually in nashville on his podcast live you were in his house in his house in his home how dare you no that's fine i haven't seen tim in a while so it'd be good to see him but it's been him. a while since i've run into him it makes me laugh so hard <laughs> he's the funniest guy tim is you know what's so great is is that i think i once read a bjj reddit thread that just said What's the verbal taps issue with inside BJJ? And I just thought to myself, well, this is great. And this is, this is what you guys pay for. So this is perfect. So, uh, I, yeah, I have no problem with that. That actually sounds like a blast. Well, thank you for informing me or as egghead warrior said, Raf got drafted. That's how Brandon works, bud. Now I know <laughs> these things, but I am a meticulous planner. So when someone says that I'm like, Wait, what am I doing? And when is it? And what? Oh, shit. Okay. Well, we'll figure that out. Okay. Sounds good. So we'll, we'll talk logistics, of course. Me. Be honest with me. Yes, sir. Would you miss this event for anything? No. Hold on. No, don't put it like that. You wouldn't. Am the, there's, no, hold there's nothing outside of a family emergency or something crazy. <laughs> there's nothing in jujitsu that could happen that could feel more important than what we're doing in PGF season six. Now, now hold on, hold on. This is the only thing that happens here. You know, that in my big kid job, I work on shows and sometimes mm -hmm. shows have weird schedules. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're on weekends. That's Dude, all. People, people quit all the time. I quit. He quit. Oof, okay. Well, these big, <laughs> big kid jobs pay well. So it, it's just a matter of scheduling and we should be fine. But I just, I, well. What's that? We quit. I said, our jobs that we used to have, those paid well. Just quit, dude. You can do it. Live the jujitsu lifestyle. Just quit. No, no, you guys are good at jujitsu. So like you, you. Oh, that's a big factor. Dude, that's a big factor. That's a great point. That, that does help a lot. I'm, I'm <laughs> very friendly and friendly does not get money. Uh, so <laughs> I, I know where my money is and it's doing this. 
Oh no! All you look at this. You're sending your goddamn cronies after me now too. Your family hey, now, hey, homie. PGF fam. God damn it! What is this? The Mantis just said he quit too, and then somebody say I don't work. PGF <laughs> is a job. No, this is a cult. This is how people get recruited to cults. I am quite certain of that. <sighs> okay, we'll we'll obviously talk off air, and yes, I would 100 percent if all things are considered. We will find a way and we will make things work. But I just want to make sure that I am always of the person that makes sure that I, I say things exactly as they are, which is if you don't see me, there is usually a good reason. It better be because you're dead. I don't, you don't want that either. Like what kind of branding is that? Jesus Christ, drink the Kool-Aid. What's wrong with all of you people? Yeah, these are all 10th <laughs> Planet people who are coming in. This is one of, uh, yep, all of you. This is really making sense now. <laughs> and then even one of my homies is like, Raph, PGF is going to be dope. Yeah, I get it, bud. It has been dope. I was here day one supporting. You guys can check me. Check my credentials. Thank you. That's right. Check them at the door, sign. <sighs> all right. Well, I'm going to say bye to you guys off air. It has been a pleasure. BMAC, Keelan, I consider you guys some of the best friends that we have here in jiu-jitsu because – you're doing great things, and I'm such a supporter of what you guys are making and building. So continue doing that. Congratulations to you and your partners. I look forward to seeing it, and I also look forward to being a part of it in some way. We will figure that part out. We already know what way. You're in. Oh, my God. All right. I'm going to listen. I love you guys. I'll say bye to you off air. I'm just going to close this bitch up. Uh, and it says, I'll miss the verbal sound effects. Womp, womp. What, I didn't have, what, did I have womp, womp? Oh, God, no party effect. God damn it. I'm getting them off this. Right. <laughs> them out and uh, we'll say bye to them in a second. But for you guys, a couple quick reminders. One, like, comment, and subscribe on this video. If you have no idea what you want to comment in the comment section, I would say this. Tell me one good reason I could miss the PGF. In the comment mm -hmm. section, what is an acceptable excuse or reason I could potentially use if I have to get out of something. All right, number two. Uh, now as we're starting to do this, oh my God, I just realized how, this is how much it zooms in on Instagram. This shit needs to change. What is this? This is far too close on my face. All right, so there's that. Number two, if you guys want to go ahead and support us, you could find us on Patreon in the next week. And if you want to go support us immediately, you can go to high.page backslash grappling hour. And for five bucks a month, you see our interviews 30 days before anybody else. And for a few extra dollars more, you can get extra bonus content like extra episodes, extra like segments where we do tape studies with our favorite athletes about their matches. And we even have a segment called Roast Raft where people roast my competition footage. So you can check out all those things and more. You can also join our Discord to continue the conversations that we have here on the show. And that is at Grappling Hour. And finally, look at this. You guys can get merch. You got Grappling Hour t-shirts for 25 bucks, and you can get our handy-dandy, uh, it is very cold in places, I have heard, Grappling Hour sweatshirt, our little hoodie, you can get that, that is 45 bucks, or a combo of the two for $60. You can buy that at rapsparza.com, backslash merch, or thegrapplinghour.com. Guys, that's going to do it for us. It has been a wonderful Wonderful conversation. I appreciate you guys. And please go support PGF. They're doing big, big things, and I'm glad to be a part of it. So my love to you guys. It has been a great day for grappling. We'll see you back on the mats.